Coming up, we're finally answering your questions. I know we've been teasing this for a while, but we're going to do it. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Universal Edition of The Diz Unplugged. This is episode 212 of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by DreamsUnlimitedTravel.com, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. <laughs> Visit them on the web at www.DreamsUnlimitedTravel.com. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is also brought to you by Disboards.com. If you're looking for even more information to help you plan your universal Orlando vacation, head over to Disboards.com and join the discussion today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. I am your host, Craig Williams. I'm joined alongside by my co-host, Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello. Hello. And in this episode, we are finally going to answer your questions that we asked you for for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and just kind of... uh Kind of never got around to it, but that's okay. We finally did now. Mm. It's all good. So uh, we basically are going to be pulling the questions from Facebook. We got about, I think we got like 20 questions on one of them and maybe 10 questions on another 15 questions or so. So we have a good pool. We might not get to all the questions, but we will try to get to uh, not the ones that we consider the best, but the ones that stood out to us the most. And I'm not going to waste any more time because we only have so much time to record this one. So let's get started right away. And I'm going to get started with a super easy one. This one comes from Kelly Mecca. What are your thoughts on the Fantastic World rumors? That would be the next park that's coming up. Oh, well, we did an episode last week about this. Absolutely. So if you're interested about how we feel about it, I would turn your attention that way. Yes. Thank you so much, Kelly, for that question. And Rhino delivered the perfect answer for you. So you will have that to look forward to. And uh, I'm going to answer another quick one here. Jerry says, I'm, I'm going back and forth between whether or not I want to honor your last names. Facebook can see it, so I don't know why I can't. But uh, Jerry asks, why do you say we have not changed the name at the end of each podcast? Because we still haven't. Yeah, that's accurate. So, uh, But to peek behind the curtain there, we have three flagship shows of the Diz Unplugged Podcast Network. And those are all the ones that are Diz Unplugged blank edition so we have the walt disney world edition the disneyland edition and the universal edition so those are also the first three podcasts that we started it was then from there that we started branching off with stuff like connecting with walt the trip the best and worst of walt disney world diz bop mm, rest, rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish i had a <laughs> uh, the disney dining show and others uh, you know I, i'm sure i'm missing some in there so dcl dvc so many and but essentially last year or i don't remember when it was at this point i think last june we went through a design change with the dis unplugged to bring the disneyland brand and the walt disney world brand more together and make it more as one so the dis logo on that is now very stylized uh towards disney in general which I had to bring the question up. Well, we have a third show that's also under the Diz Unplugged mm-hmm. that would technically need to use that font, but it has nothing to do with 
Disney because it's Universal, so that doesn't work. And I was told that we need to then change the name, and we still haven't come up with a good one. So until we do, uh, we still haven't changed the name. Yeah. So that's it's not the most exciting answer, but it is the actual truth yeah. in the matter. <laughs> So, okay, now we'll, we'll get on to this fun stuff. So, Molly asked now, what's your favorite Wizarding World treat? Mm, I'm really into that, um, the Fizzy Otter drink, mm -hmm. the orange, the f oh my gosh, I'll look up the name of it, Fizzy Otter drink. Um, I, if you're asking me about food... I, I think mean, just treat a treat could be anything treat in general. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm into right now. Although I will say my all-time favorite, I know it's surprising, is actually pumpkin fizz, mm. um, which you I believe can maybe only get in Hogsmeade at the Three Broomsticks. You have to go inside and order it in there. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you the can pumpkin get it at the juice has too. to be on tap. Yeah, because it's it's pumpkin juice, but it's like carbonated. Yeah. So I I like it better than the. The other stuff. I don't no, know. That, that's fun. So um, I think my favorite treat is, you know, I, I bounce around a lot. I don't eat a lot of the sweets out of like the, the snack shops that often. I mean, like the stuff behind the counter. So every now and then I'll get in the mood for a cauldron cake. But after they changed it. It kind of really ruined that, but uh, some of the tarts and stuff in there, you know, I don't, I in the fudge, like I look at it, I'm like, eh, I don't know. But I, one thing, if I go for a package treat in particular, I am always gravitating towards fizzing Wisbees. Mm. So I like them. And of course, they're the little chocolate, the little chocolate bees that have like pop rocks inside. And I like those ones. And then uh, the exploding bonbons, which are kind of the same thing, just like a white chocolate outside. And then I haven't tried a lot of those, you know. Oh, see, when I used to work there, we would have a. We would have a meeting where all the different leads from the attractions would come together for kind of a morning meeting. So if you opened after you got the attraction up and running, then you would eventually meet up with your supervisor for the day and and all the other leads in the area, a couple other people from merch. And you just all kind of talked about what was forecasted for the day, what was running, and about once a week – the uh, the the person on the merch side would always bring some of the different snacks for us to to try, and we'd open it up, and everyone would take one. And if there was leftovers, it was just kind of like we should whoever wants to grab it, get it. We should do that sometime, though. Yeah, like go in and try the package, the prepackaged stuff, because we we've done where we've gone in and get like the cauldron cake and stuff yeah. like that. But I'm just thinking, like, I never have tried any of the stuff on the shelf. Oh okay. yeah, no, I've I've had a lot of them from that, and then just like when I walk in, Honey Dukes, like that's what I gravitate towards. I've never been a huge fan of chocolate frogs just because they're so dense. Like I like, like the card aspect, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't like I don't like them that much, and the and birdie bots like they're good the first time because of the novelty of it. But then mm. you get too many disgusting ones in a row, and it's just blah. The spaghetti so, is the worst, and, and a lot like I I, I don't want to get this in a negative way. I hate people who walk in Honey Dukes and they like go straight to the candy that's up on the wall. Like you could that, do that like, everywhere. <laughs> Remember when you used to be able to do that at a movie theater when you were a kid? I, they didn't have that in my movie theater, but it's like go to the grocery store. They still have. Those. Oh yeah. <laughs> still exist. Uh, there's still, I'm sure, little like markets in smaller towns that have the store where you go and get your penny candy. That's where that's where we did it. We had uh, a, 
a in where I grew up, we had a little store that was, I think, officially called Kemper's, but we called it the little store. And we would go there and we would get our big bag of penny candy and nickel candy. And and that's where we would get our. We do it at Max Movies. A a (laughs) go get the VHSs and go to thing. Man, I'm getting old. My drink was called Otter's Fizzy Orange Juice. I don't know why that's such a hard name to remember. Hey, you love those otters. Yeah, I do. I, I always think it's funny to drink for otters. Yep, yep, it is. So uh, our next question, hopefully that helped Molly. Our next question comes from Joe. Favorite bathroom and why? Ew. Um, I don't know. I got to think about this one for like yeah. two seconds. I, I only want to throw oh, this in. I got it. It's, well, I, I think we're going to have the exact same answer. Okay. So, but I only want to throw this in because it's something that hopefully we'll be able to focus on soon. But a lot of uh, that was in the news last week is on one of Universal's team member uh, printouts that they have for people they had in one of them that uh, the the management and uh, custodial was happy because they are going to now start adding in scents in all the bathrooms that will be themed to the different lands. And so people have been going in trying to figure out what is themed to which one for, for that smelling refreshing. So it's something that hopefully we'll figure out and, and talk about later on, but not something we've gotten to yet, but uh, on three, we'll say our favorite one. One, two, three. Jimmy Fallon. Oh, uh, I do like Hogsmeade because the the whispering voice, obviously. But I like the Jimmy Fallon Race Through New York restrooms because they're big and they're circ- so there's two sides to them, and uh, they like that yeah. sink. So for me, I've got a lot of anxiety when it comes to using public restrooms, and I feel like that's the one when I whenever there's a crowded event that that's the one I can go to and not be super awkward and like oh, no, I'm worried about some Moni Myrtle. You just like are whispering in your ear. Yes. Yes, I do. That's just what I like. So uh, I'm going to answer this one from John that other people have asked along the way, too. So John and everyone else, how do you think Universal will respond to Galaxy's Edge? We already know. Nintendo. I don't know. A new new theme park? Nintendo? I don't don't know if it's a response at this point, because Universal has... I'll give them this. And since I've worked here, they made this big announcement in 2015 or something like that about they were committing to sinking all this money into their theme park, constantly trying to innovate and create new opportunities with new properties. And they've been consistent about new things opening in their properties every year for the last couple of years. I think they're just going to continue doing that. Yep. I, yeah, I know we get this all the time. Yes. Nintendo is one way. The new theme park will be another, but ultimately what it's not, in my opinion, galaxy's edge, isn't something that they Disney's like, okay, we'll see what they Take respond that. with yeah. now. It's that is Galaxy's Edge and Pandora, the world of Avatar, were responses to Universal killing it with immersion on the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in both parks. That was the response they had to go with because Disney wasn't doing immersion theming and with the areas that they were trying it, they weren't doing it well. Pandora was the real first time that they knocked it out of the park with making you feel like you're in a different place and hitting all the aspects. Galaxy's Edge is, and for other people, it's better than others, but it, it still is. Galaxy's Edge is going to be the next step in that. On a, an attraction level, I understand if you're saying, how will Disney, re, how will Universal respond if, Rise of the Resistance lives up 
lives up to to its to um to its hype and that's that's a good question because right now i think everyone is expecting it to be the best theme park ride that is ever out there uh, the kind of the same way people said flight of passage was the best uh, i understand why they might feel like that but i feel like they have to go back and remember the first time they rode forbidden journey and mm-hmm. had no idea what was going on there and and if you ride both of those back to back for the first time i think you're going to walk away being more impressed by Forbidden Journey. That's just in my opinion. I still, Forbidden Journey, every time I ride it, I still get goosebumps, you know? I, I do as well, too. So I, I think there are different aspects where Universal will respond to in terms of Galaxy's Edge. But right now, in my book, in terms of full immersion, I feel more immersed in the Wizarding World than I do in anywhere at Disney, the only exception being Pandora. I do feel immersed there, but not not to the not to the same level. I will give their cast members credit, though. I feel like one of the things I wrote off about Pandora from the start was going to be that they were going to drop uh, any theming and story they had with it uh, right from the start. But they have actually they they've held it up for the most part. So I'll give them credit for that. But when when Galaxy's Edge comes around, I think it will be another good step for Disney. Universal will need to respond to the technology and the attractions and potentially food and other areas, but as immersion as a whole, Universal did it the best so far. Mm-hmm. That's that's just my opinion. You can call me a Universal fanboy, but I, I'm i also quick to say when Universal's really crappy, too, so the door goes <laughs> <Rose> both ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, so let me scroll through here. And John, another John asks, we know this John, though, like personally we know him, says that he's going to be there in mid-June, and the first day is a few days after the Hagrid coaster opens. They didn't do it on purpose. It just happened. What are our thoughts about weights that first weekend? I mean, with anything that's new, I think you're going to get the local people that are going to rush over and try and ride it. I think it's probably going to have a fairly hefty cup. It's not only is it a coaster, it's Harry Potter. So you're going to get, I think it's going to be a long wait. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say first weekend, the very first day it opens, expect unrolly lines. Uh, first weekend, though, at, at a constant, I would say plan on about a two hour constant weight maybe sometimes jumping to three could potentially jump up to four but i I feel like more likely it's going to fall within the the 60 to two hour time range another big part of it is how many vehicles they actually have online this uh, from everything that i'm being told with it it has the potential to have a lot of vehicles on the track all at one time Hmm. but that doesn't mean they're going to open with all of them. They might not open with more than a, you know, maybe, maybe four or five if they, and maybe they have the potential to have eight on the track at any given time. I don't, I don't think the number is that high and I'm just spitballing with that, but you know, that's, that is a big part of it too. And, and during summer peak season at, at forbidden journey, it has the, potential of having 49 vehicles on track but if we only had you know 42 43 vehicles on because a lot of them were down for maintenance right there that that really hurt us you can only control wait time by having bigger capacity really and and making sure you meet capacity goals so i would say plan on two hour waits don't be surprised if it jumps up to three 
uh, but also don't be surprised if it if it goes down to an hour or even less it's crazier things have happened especially if it's like thunderstorms in the summer and hit at the right time because it's an outdoor attraction yeah so um this, this is a fun one uh jace asks what shop do you have to go in every time you're at universal and why Ooh, a shop. I mean, I like to go into the um, Diagon Alley shops if I'm ever in studios. I just I think that they do a great job of rotating through the Harry Potter merchandise to f- make it feel fresh at all times. There's always a new shirt or, or a sweatshirt or thing in there. I'm I'm actually kind of blown away with how they do the merchandise over there. Like th- it never feels stale. Yeah, I for me, I've said it enough times. The film vault. That's, oh yeah. yeah that's my yeah. go-to one because yeah. that actually represents all the universal classic movies that I still love. Mm-hmm. So of course that's that's why that's a must, I yeah. go there. Yeah. So uh that's a little fun one there. And here we go. This one from Samantha. How hard is it to do the rider switch with a young baby or a rhino? Uh are strollers an inconvenience? <laughs> Trying to decide if Going with a five-month-old baby is worth it. I know that you guys don't have little ones, but as former cast member, team member, what are your opinions, options? I, she wrote, but I think she meant opinions. Yeah, I um, I notice a lot less strollers at Universal than I do in any Disney park. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just because it doesn't attract the younger crowd, the younger, young, young side of kids maybe it's definitely part of it uh there's not as much and i will say on a negative side of that there's not a lot of stroller parking around the park in general you find them just being left at random places but i can speak to this personally as being a former team member of universal uh they kill it compared to disney in terms of rider swap it is so so easy uh, at Disney, you know, it's unless things have changed over there, I haven't been with a kid that's needed rider swap in the longest time. So I apologize if I'm giving misinformation. But as of my days at Disney dealing with it, is the entire family goes through the line and then they get a right outside at the entrance, they get a rider swap version, uh, pass, whatever. And so the family will do their wait that they have. And, or if they have fast passes, it doesn't really matter if they have to wait in the regular line, go through. And then when they're done, they then eventually switch. And the person who was waiting outside with the child, the first time would get a fast pass to go through. And, you know, that's how they do it. A universal different, Everyone goes in the line together, mm-hmm. park the stroller, you all go together, and then the rides that have it will have a rider swap room just off of the loading area. Yeah. So, And these are rooms set up with benches, changing areas, uh, a TV should, usually yeah, for say, entertainment. That's always nice. Yeah, and it's a nice place to relax, and the only issue is with it, a lot of times families will be going through and they will completely forget like oh yeah i need to go back into the child swap room and they'll leave and then get lost and (laughs) and never know but that's you know that's a minor problem but uh the rides that do have it they make it very very easy to swap out so i'd say it's fully accessible and i i can't say because it really is based on cast member basis here but uh, i know i was always nice enough if someone said like 
oh, the line's 60 minutes. I really don't want to hold my kid in there. Is there any way I can just go up the exit to the rider swap room and mm-hmm. just wait while the other person's in line and just do it that way? And I was always nice enough to say yes, but I can't promise that anyone else there is nicer. Maybe they've changed policies and they, they're not allowed to say yes to that kind of stuff anymore. Honestly, at most universal attractions, you walk up the exit of a ride. No one questions you at any step of the way anyway. So uh, it's, it, I, I think it's it's something that is very possible to do. But that is just me. So, Rhino, this is uh, two questions from two people that separate, not together, but just asking. Any advice for first-timers? Um. You know, know yourself, I guess, a little bit. Do you get motion sickness? Do you get, um, you know, hungry often? You know, are you tired? Like, you gotta, like any theme park, I'd say this, but I, when I was first going to Universal, I would always make sure that knowing that there's a lot of um, exciting attractions that are gonna move my body in new and interesting ways, I always make sure that I had a Dramamine. Uh, tablet. I needed a little less now that I know how all the rides move. My body's gotten used to it, but um, that's that's always my big thing. Is just that like I I'm not I'm just not one of those people that's a big no before you go. Like I'll look into it a little bit, but I am not. I like to kind of like wing it in the moment. I guess um, that, that's terrible to be a part of this planning podcast. Um, no, no, but it's a good aspect to have from a non-planner in there. But mine is to uh, just go all in and commit. And even if you're just doing it for like a day or two, go ahead and stay on site. So that way you get the best idea of the property in as a whole, not just not just the theme park sides to it. I feel like then, you know, you come in the night before you're going to the park for the first day. You can get stuff dropped off at the hotel. You can check out City Walk. You can find the best way to walk there or take a bus or or boat, depending on where you stay. You get a lay of the land. You, you know stay what, get, at the Premier Hotels. Yeah. You get your Express, so that helps with it. Um, yeah, I say give yourself time to just walk around. Yeah. Like, you know, if this is your first time ever, do exactly what Craig's saying. And like when you get in the park, maybe just do a full lap just to look at it, you know, to know like, okay, am I missing a part of it? Have I missed out, you know, or something like and appreciate stuff where how it's different from maybe you've been to Disney, you know, that's going to be different. So no, it, it absolutely is. It's very different. So don't just assume they will be the same. So, okay, a couple more here to go. Let me look through. Um, Linda asked. One, is Universal really putting a Bourne-themed show in Terminator Theater? And two, is Fear Factor on the chopping block, or is that just wishful thinking? I I think that's just wishful thinking, Fear Factor. Yeah, because it it seems like every time we think it's going to go, it's back on NBC for some sort of special. And you're like, well, guess that answered that. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, as soon as Diagon Alley was announced, that's when at least the rumors around my group of friends started with well after Diagon Alley next thing up is Ministry of Magic taking place on that spot mm. right outside of right outside of Diagon Alley and so that's been going around since then and I honestly I think Fear Factor is one of those things it's just it's not going to die until someone steps in there and it's like, no, let's put it out of its misery. But, but the thing is, too, with a space like Fear Factor is that you got to think about it. It's a big stadium and it doesn't require, other than the payment of the people involved, It like what 
it's you putting a whole new attraction yeah. stuff involves a lot more of like sinking money into that where they can go to a, a pre-existing attraction and overlay something yeah. or like go in and be like well we can use the guts of this ride system or something like yeah. it's just a stadium and they use that back area for like halloween horror night stuff so i don't know yeah you know? Well, honestly it's not even used that much yes it was used at hhn for for academy of villains this year and they do run fear factor but in terms of like do they need to run anything there? No, they don't. Uh, they have enough attractions at USF that I think they could just leave this stadium empty right, yeah. all just year. Just use it for like space for some special events or something. It, it just the same exact way they use the, the stadium over in Toon Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, just use it when they need it. It's taking up a big area, but not that big. So by not operating anything there... They're not spending any money, and I, I mean, it just that makes sense to me. With Born, I am one of those people. I'm fighting this this speculation over and over because I think Universal's smarter. Even though Born has made it's like a over a property, billion, right? yeah, it's a Universal property, and it's made over like a billion dollars as a franchise. They're not making any more movies. That's that's part of it. They're not making any more movies with it yet, but also. The movies, like while they made that much money, there was also five of them. Yeah, so, there was the three Matt Damon, one Jeremy Renner, back to Matt Damon. Yeah, and they're just Universal's all about relevant. That's why they're ripping out something. Who didn't know Jaws and who didn't, yeah, who didn't grow know up Terminator? Watching that, yeah, but those still lost out because of relevance. I. If someone at Universal is like saying, preaching that the Bourne movies have relevance, then God bless them. I don't think they have any relevance, no, I and I love so, those no. types of movies. I think movies like James Bond that you we've watched since the '60s are different, you know. But like Bourne movies is like the story's been told, and even if they're going to force some sort of new story out just to be like, okay, well now the attraction's relevant, like it's not going to catch the same yeah. way anymore. It's it's not. It's a limited sort of thing i i would hope it would be something more like a new property like star trek or something like that that you know that's been a room that not a rumor but maybe like one of those hopeful wishful thinking yeah. things that someday universal will get involved with star trek since they have other paramount related properties yeah. but on the unfortunate side i have someone who uh once stated they don't even live in Florida, so I'm not even going to act like they they just have friends of friends. And uh, so it's no one that works at Universal Orlando even that that told me this. But this was one of those ones where they said, if you hear a rumor about this this week, just know that it is true. And what was it? It was when the last round when people said that Bourne was going to take over for Terminator space. And so, Oh no. So you think it is true? I don't think anything is true until it's there and really, really in motion. So I'm not, all I'm saying is the person who I do trust said that if you hear this rumor, you can take it as truth. And then that rumor gained a lot of steam that week. And so in my mind, I'm supposed to take that as true. But again, I go back to, I feel like someone at Universal is smart enough to be like, mm, this is this really relevant? Terminator then, because there's a new Terminator movie coming out this year again. So I know, ma'am. I know. So uh, that is that one. Let me go through. And we always get this one so we'll throw it again i don't remember if we already answered a karen question here maybe we did but uh 
Universal Unlimited Budget, what IP do you acquire to fill the third park? Star Trek. What was that? Star Trek. Star Trek. I don't know. Star Trek. I don't know. Maybe Star Trek. I don't know why I can't stop saying Star Trek. Um, I'd like to see some Power Ranger related something or other. I'm just saying it because it is it is a kids franchise, and sometimes I feel like they grab a lot of franchises that gravitate toward older people. But it has a 26 year history now, or 25. No, we're in a new year. 26 years, and it could be easily changed if they created an attraction that could change the same way the show changes it could be something that would help them with merchandise and stuff like that but this this is always a tough question for me because i love a lot of movies obviously we both do there's very rare instances where i'm like though i want to be in this world like star wars is a perfect example of it harry potter was a perfect example of it uh one that gets brought up all the time that i don't agree with is uh is lord of the lord rings, of the rings. Yeah, like I, I agree i i love lord of the rings movies i don't necessarily know that i would want to live in that land i don't think that that excites me really in that way same goes with game of thrones i love game of thrones i don't think i would care to see some of the locations imagined in a theme park world other people out there obviously feel that way i mean that's that's the same way i felt about pandora i don't necessarily care that doesn't mean it can't be done well i don't care about that if i wasn't if i wasn't living here if i was living somewhere else i doubt that i would plan a trip all around visiting pandora a place like that i don't i I think about it, we already talked about it in the last week episode, so it's already a rumor, but I think about stuff where, like, a classic monster sort of thing. I yeah. would love the idea of, like, going, like you said, like, in a Romanian-looking kind of town or an old village, and there's, like, the castle up there. You know, it's, like, Frankenstein Castle or something like that, and or Dracula Castle. And um, I don't know. I, I That and... Um, I would like to see something that was is maybe a land that's literally devoted to classic Universal movies. So it's literally meant to celebrate their film history and not in like a cheesy way. Like I want a Back to the Future something or other. You know, I would love Gremlins something. I would love the monsters. I would love st- stuff. I don't. I don't know Gremlins that I want it. I don't need. Brothers, huh? What? Oh, Gremlins sh- is Warner oh yeah, Brothers. it is. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I would. Lo- I'm just like in the '80s yeah, movie zone. But I. I would love. something that was more not everything has to be hogsmeade star wars you know diagon alley level for me i just sometimes you just want a one thing i just want a one experience you know yeah i can't uh, think of anything well that's the the issue is i think one for me that a a world that i would like to live in honestly it would be something like indiana jones i know that's over on disney but i was thinking tron to me disney (laughs) i'm like great with indiana jones it's basic it's just like real world places yeah as said at different times so it just kind of it can blend in much easier but in terms of fantasy realms maybe it's just i'm not that imaginative when it comes to it i i watch a lot of tv a lot of movies i read a lot of books it's very rare that i've ever said to myself like i wish i could be in this world really the two big ones that stand out are star wars and harry potter and we have those anything else that i leave at the imagination of the people who are working in creative the flintstones uh no nothing <laughs> yeah, only if rick moranis is in it yeah the 1994 yeah. flintstones not flintstones viva rick rock moranis. vegas okay. no <laughs> i exclusively want an only viva rock vegas area no stephen baldwin no okay uh uh, we get the question all the time, a couple of them, talking about Marvel and Disney. 
uh, in in terms of it of Universal redoing it. Uh, no, they're they're not going to retool it. They're just Marvel Superhero Island may see updates to keep it up to time, but uh, I save for Disney buying out Comcast. I I don't think it's even something really worth talking about. So um, I think I'm going to choose one more question here. And just have to pick a good one. So I thought we were going to have time for a couple more, but we are quickly running out of time here. I know we're not running out of time. In, in your realm, in our realm, we are. We have to be on a, a plane to California in 12 hours from now. So that is that is the reality of where we are at with this. And um, I have not packed a suitcase. Oh, no. At all. Yeah. Neither, neither have I. So I'm going to go with this one. We kind of already mentioned it before but this one comes from zach as someone who's never stepped foot in a universal theme park i'm trying to find out if it would be worth a visit for me would you recommend for someone to visit if they have never seen a harry potter movie never read a harry potter book and aren't into superheroes if i was to choose to go during a specific event slash festival throughout the year which would you choose i didn't hear after the question. Zach said, as someone who has never stepped foot in a universal theme park, there's no festivals. Trying keep keep with me. Here, okay. Keep with me. Someone who's never stepped foot in a universal theme park, I'm trying to find out if it would be worth a visit for me. Would you recommend for someone to visit if they have never seen a Harry Potter oh. movie, never read a Harry Potter book, and aren't into superheroes? If I was to choose to go during a specific event slash festival throughout the year, which would you choose? Okay, I don't know about it. Oh, Halloween Horror Nights, duh. Um, but I, I think you can still find a lot of enjoyment in just the creation of the lands, whether you like them or not. It's like I don't like. I, I don't want to compare it to this, but I don't like Cars, the Cars movies, that much. But I think Cars Lands in Disney California Adventure is awesome. So like, there are theme park areas where you're like, I can appreciate the architecture of a park without having being a fan of the attraction. like, And I think somebody could easily come into Diagon Alley and be like, wow, this is awesome. My dad is that. He doesn't know anything about Harry Potter. And he brought him to Universal, and he loved it. He... You know, he's seen, he like, he's more of an action movie person, doesn't watch all the superhero stuff, but he loved like the Harry Potter stuff and he knew literally nothing about it. So, no, I I agree with that too. Uh, If you've never stepped foot in there, but you've done Disney a lot and you're thinking in that way, absolutely. At the worst, worst case scenario, if you hate everything about Universal, you can at least then walk away and be like, these are the reasons why I appreciate Disney. Maybe I see some of those aspects in Universal, and they could eventually get there. But I think you're going to walk away almost with the opposite, saying, like, I really love a lot of stuff here. There's a lot of stuff I wish you could take from this park and that park and blend them all together. I think you can see it from that aspect. Um, If you've never seen Harry Potter, I can say from working in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, there's a lot of people out there who didn't watch the movies or the books and just came, especially with family members, and they still found a way to enjoy it. If you love rides... Yes, Universal has some of the best ones out there. They might get repetitive, but they have some great attractions out there. And I promise you that you're going to find ones that you love, even if you don't care about superheroes or Harry Potter or Kong or whatever you choose it to be. And the only other thing I would say with the specific event or festival, uh, I'm going to say actually Mardi Gras. 
because it adds that extra level of entertainment with the parade in it, which some people look for in theme parks. Other people don't. But just we we had friends in uh, a couple weeks back and first time seeing Mardi Gras, uh, still very new to Universal as a whole, went years and years ago, came last year and, you know, liked it, but not huge on it. But then exclaimed how good the Mardi Gras parade and how fun it was and adding on that. So I think Mardi Gras is a great time. I love Halloween Horror Nights, but I like I like the scare element. If you don't well, like that, it can it's be clearly not for you. Yeah. But I feel like anyone can take away fun with Mardi Gras. Huh? Dad gets to look at uh, okay. people <laughs> creepily and mom gets to look at guys creepily and the kids get to catch beads. Works out for everyone. So I hope we helped sell it to you, Zach. And if not, tell us what we did wrong for selling it to you. And that will make our lives easier. Can change the pitch the next time around. So that's going to do it for uh, this episode, though, of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. Rhino, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. You're welcome. And we have plenty of questions. We'll get to it again. So thank you to everyone out there who listened and watched and asked us a question. Hopefully we get yours next time or, uh, or even sooner than later. Who knows? Who knows? I'm not, I'm not ready to say anything with that, but of course, if you, uh, liked this and you want more information, head over to disunplug.com homo home, home of the show notes page. Ho, ho, did, did I say, I was worried. I either said that or homo. It's like <laughs> either way, it's well, not okay. It. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, so. You could have not said it. <laughs> you have. Oh, no, no. I was worried that I did say it. So by saying, trying to just brush past it. Would have been even better if you're yeah. like, Rhino takes care of these. Yeah, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't want it to be like the awkward elephant in the room. Like, he just said that, and now he's not acknowledging it. But uh, <laughs> if you need more information, disunplug.com, home of our show notes page for this show and all the others on the Disunplugged podcast network. You can find links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more so of course we always recommend going over to disboards.com the universal forums there uh, tons of extra information to help you plan your vacation uh, in between watching our ridiculous episodes that we have here and if you're watching this on youtube go ahead subscribe to us hit that bell so you get notified anytime we have a new video leave us comments below and hit that thumbs up or thumbs down then if you're listening to this on itunes go ahead subscribe rate and review us please 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 do that So that's going to do it for this episode. We will see you again next week with another episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. But until then, remember, you should still have this fresh in your memory. We still haven't changed the name. 